This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. There are moments that come out of when you're making TV that are unexpected, and I didn't, as I was performing it, and even when I wrote it, I don't think I knew what the context of the moment was and how uh, emotional it would be, I guess, for people who were invested in the storyline. And even once it aired, people were like, I was sobbing through your performance. And me, looking at that performance, being like, I thought I was doing something funny. Um, I'm glad that it carried a, a deeper significance than it, than it did. Welcome to EW's Binge. I am Shana Naomi Crockmall. And I am Patrick Gomez. We are binging our way through an entire show that we love with one podcast episode focused on each season. And today we are talking about season four of Schitt's Creek. Uh, the series originally aired on the CBC and Pop TV and now can be streamed on Netflix. <laughs> and joining us to answer all of our questions. Sitting here very silently. <laughs> I don't know when I can so chime in. <laughs> you should start. You can, you can do the intro. Hi, everybody. Yeah, at this point, Hi. You can do the intro. It's Hi. Levy. Uh, um, my name's Dan, and I'm a co-creator of the show Shit's Creek, and I'm here to talk about our fourth season. There you go. Um, quick note, if you're worried about spoilers, we're only going to give away key plot points as best we can through the first four seasons. I feel like we've been um, pretty respectful. We've been so. pretty good, actually, and it, this is where I feel like it gets a little muddy like into season four and season five, right. but we're trying. We're doing this. Um, right. Make sure you come back and listen to the rest after you're all caught up, but also just feel free to hit pause and go watch all five seasons. Yeah, because right as now. cool as we are, the show is is better. Yeah. So. Uh, thanks so much. I <laughs> paid these two tremendous amounts of money to yes. say that. There you go. In, in merch. Yeah, in there merch. we go. There we go. <laughs> Not even. I owe you a new sweatshirt. <laughs> um, so before we start diving into season four, is it this? Was it before season four or before season five that you guys hit Netflix? Or like, when did that come uh, into play? We, I want to say three. season three. Okay. Yeah. So did you I see a major change happen at that point in terms of just like there was definitely a shift in the sort of in in people finding it and in and liking it. I guess. Um, I think the more eyes you can get on your show, the better. And I think for for net for Netflix to have sort of the scope and breadth of of sort of you know mm-hmm. uh, viewership really helped keep the conversation alive and I also think because we you know premiere in in January on pop and then Netflix happened in October it allowed for almost a full year where people were discovering mm-hmm. talking about the show which is a wonderful thing and it's very bingeable have you ever like have you sat down and I've not watched watched a single episode oh so not one at a time well, well I edit all, them all yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm in the edit suite yeah. for hours and hours and yeah. hours so I've, 10 years from now you I watched our season five finale with a group. Oh. Okay. I watch the finales with usually with our cast because we are tweeting or whatever. So yeah, it's very it's you it's very easy to watch even in like I'm working so on this. Glad and rewatched really. so much of it, yeah. and I I had to remind myself I don't have time to actually rewatch. I have to fast forward. I can't yeah, yeah, watch yeah. every single episode again because it's easy to slip into it. It feels right. good. It good. has like a I think this along with some of those other shows that are on right now. We were talking about this like 
The Good Place or these other, like, I feel like this is a good time for shows about people who are trying to be good. Yeah, absolutely. One of our directors called the show Breaking Good. Oh. Uh, and I thought, <laughs> yeah, that is the perfect articulation of what we were trying to do with this. Um, slowly but surely, these characters are coming into their own and realizing that uh, happiness and like self-fulfillment are far more valuable mm -hmm. and can do far more for you as a human than money. And choosing humanity, sort of, and choosing kindness, kind and, and supportive. love. Yes. Yeah, it shouldn't be. I, I just feel like it is still the rarity to watch a show that understands that that's the story it's trying to tell. Well, I'm happy to be part of a positive wave of stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, yet be so good at all of these little mini mean moments in the middle of it. Uh, <laughs> right? You got to keep the you got to keep the tang. There we go. We're going to get to the tang okay. specifically in a second, okay. but uh, before we start diving into uh, season 4, again, we're going to have you do 30 seconds summarize this season. Oh, Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Ready? Set. Yeah. Go. Season three ends with uh, a, a, a slightly deeper understanding for all of our characters in terms of who they are, what they want, and what they're realizing they're capable of. And season four is pushing the characters one step further, pushing them outside of their comfort zones. I think up until this point, they've really been conflicted about who they are, what they want, and what the town means to them. And season four is an opportunity for them to really stand firm in who they are and uh, and what makes them tick. You were a little over, but we'll give it to you. <laughs> Thirty-one and a half seconds. It's yeah. fine. And it's it's fine. Drive we'll charge you. We're going to charge you for that extra second and a half. <laughs> um, no. So again, broad sweeping <laughs> generalizations, but um, it's okay. Now we get into specifics. Yeah. yeah. So it starts off with uh, the episode is called "Dead Guy in Room 4. Yes. There's a dead guy, which is <laughs> in fantastic. Case you didn't know what the episode's about. Yeah. Um, we also see David and Patrick start yeah. to develop the relationship more, uh, which is fantastic. I also love um, that uh, the pregnancy test uh, episode that happens in the very early episodes oh. where everyone thinks Alexis is pregnant, but it's really Jocelyn, um, her miracle baby, as she, miracle as she calls baby. her. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> we get to meet uh, Ted's new girlfriend when uh, uh, David and Alexis go to her farm. Yes. Uh, I love your comments about blue cheese because I feel the same. There is something so familiar about your voice. Oh, no, people have told me that I just have like one of those voices. Mm -hmm. Super generic and trill. Anyway, I just happened to eat one of those pieces of blue cheese. And normally, I don't like blue cheese in my mouth, but that was very not bad. I am with you. I wasn't a fan of it either until I started using it in salads. Can't do it. <laughs> Are you a blue cheese I person? Yeah, See, I, I like it. I feel like you're a better person. I'll take I always that. feel like inadequate <laughs> not liking blue cheese. Me too, because like, it's like like there's a sophistication class, yeah. I'm lacking. I don't, I'm not. I am not. I will say that my wife is better at all kinds of food and drink than I am. And when I travel without her, I will literally like text her pictures of the menu and be like, "Which of these wines am I supposed to pick?" Right. I, I cannot order a wine to save my life. I know which ones I like. Just it might be the two dollar bottle. Like yeah. Oh, I thought we were talking about cheese. I'm like, I like a sure. brie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like oh, I do cheddar. Love a brie. Go together. I like a gruyere. I, Jack. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> bigger, bigger moments in the show. I love it. More higher cheese. stakes. Higher stakes. Is, is, is even death. Oh, thank God. The internet says you're dead. What? What do you mean? Who's saying that? Your mother's not dead. I'm standing right here. Yeah. Well, now I know, but it's weird because they're still saying it. So people are believing it. Um. Well, it doesn't help that Alexis just tweeted. 
goodbye to a great actress with a cool sunglasses emoji? Hey, I'm wearing sunglasses because I'm in mourning, David. What is the source of this falsehood? And what photo are they using? Or almost death. In, Even almost in, death. In, in a death hoax uh, yeah. that Moira... <laughs> everyone thinks death. Everything in Moira's dead. And I have to tell you, when Grumpy Cat sadly passed away recently, uh -huh. my first thought was, <laughs> um, the poor kitten. <laughs> The poor kitten that overtakes the Moira giraffe. as the as the, yeah. the giraffe steps on the kitten. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it's trending. It's trending. It's trending. Um, but the the my the moment that I want to dive deep in first with is I use the word dive deep so many times in this discussion. Listen, apparently. that's what we're doing. There we go. Um, is asbestos fest where <laughs> your character and uh, Moira have to perform. Yes. <laughs> or I guess you don't have to perform. You choose to perform with Moira. Moira has agreed to headline asbestos fest. Uh, which at were there other where does that name come? Were there, like, were there other well, we thought, diseases like, or, or afflictions or challenges that you considered that just didn't rhyme as well? Not really. Or, I think we covered them all when Moira talks about the various like benefits that she's done in the past, like yeah. uh, juvenile rhinoplasty <laughs> benefits. Very important. And uh, not Moira. Uh, <laughs> I think there was like a um, some sort of skin disorder, mm -hmm. uh, like a um, very specific. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, she's done a lot. She does anything and everything that that will you know have her. Luckily, a little birdie told me that with enough funds raised, this town could be asbestos-free by Christmas. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me the keys to a Lamborghini. <laughs> On the Deck the halls with boughs of holly. Yes, I said faithful, which rules out all of you. Asbestos Fest, which she originally thought was a celebration of asbestos in the town. Yay, Not uh, about getting rid of <laughs> the remaining bits of asbestos, I guess. Uh, signs up for it, realizes again, that she is, is this is going to force her to do what she has always sort of been fearful of, which is act. It's been a long time, and, uh, and her, she sort of lists off all of these one-woman one woman shows that she's done in the past, like Shoes, Glorious Shoes, the Imelda Marcos story, um, and... Uh, is there a Patty Hearst moment, perhaps? A Patty yes. Hearst, so she decides yes. on the Patty Hearst yes. one-woman show um, and realizes that she can't pull it off. She can't respect Patty's experience in the way that she really wants and can't do it justice and panics and uh, turns to David for help. And David, who, you know, I guess when push comes to shove, will do what he can for his mother because I think they have a very wonderful bond, uh, agrees to participate in their Christmas medley that they would do at their holiday parties every year. And... Uh, even though it's and not near the holidays. Not near the holidays. It's a last-ditch effort. It's so desperate and so <laughs> pathetic. And you get to see Catherine O'Hara in a floor-length brunette wig that's oh, wrapped around so her great. hand like a purse. Uh, it was very funny. At first, I had written that with Catherine doing the medley herself. And then she said, no, I want you to sing it with me. And I was like... <laughs> Had you what? ever sung with her before? Did she? No. There's a reason I didn't write myself into that scene. I was playing piano. Did at you the feel time. like there was any possibility you could say no? No. No. And the and the look in her eyes when she told me was like, "You'll be doing this." And I said, "When will I ever get this opportunity again to be immortalized on 
on television. So how long did you have to rehearse that? She, we worked out the medley. She had done the whole medley and sent it to me as an MP3, and I just sort of learned my part. She told you what to do, and you showed she did up the whole did thing. It. It I would love to take credit for it. One moment, she, or that Christmas moments. medley was all of was Catherine. And was this the birth of the idea for the Christmas special, or had that already been thought about? I had always wanted to do one, but it wasn't until I felt like we hadn't earned it. You gotta earn those big sort of Do Canadian TV moments. series have Christmas episode specials like British TV series no. do. So it was just. I mean, it, I mean, they, there's they like a Christmas in the episode, same world like, that, yeah. I guess American yeah. television would yeah. have a Christmas or a holiday sure. episode, um, which is why we wanted, I think, our fourth, our last episode of the fourth season, which then got held until mm -hmm. the holidays, uh, to be the the mm -hmm. holiday episode. Mm -hmm. nice. But you needed the emotional depth of the show to really earn that kind of yeah. Uh, yeah, that storytelling. Yeah. 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 Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. To your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So we're gonna jump right ahead to another musical moment in this season. <laughs> right. um, so uh, episode six, open mic. Um, it, it has another song in it, <laughs> um, yeah. which to me is honestly one of the most romantic and touching moments, not just on your show, but like on any. Like I watched right. it in preparing for this. We were binging again, and and I think I watched him sing that song like four or five times. We're of course talking about simply the best. Yes. Speak the language of love like you know what it means, and it can't be wrong. Take my heart and make it strong, baby. You're simply the best. Where did that idea come from? Why, why that song? Well, I knew... Did you knew, know no? I knew the sing? song. I knew he could sing. Okay. I knew that he was a really talented musician, and I obviously wanted to write something for him in a romantic capacity, like, you know, because I knew that he could pull it off. I find it incredibly cringy, like, people singing generally, um, but I knew that he had such a confidence and a conviction to, his, to that side of his mm -hmm. sort of, like, artistry. Uh, that I wanted to use it. And I think four seasons in, we had really been peeling back the layers enough to take the audience to this, these kinds of places. And I think each of our characters in the fourth season were experiencing emotional stakes that they had not been used to before, um, which was really fun. It was fun to get to this place where we feel like, okay, we've, we've earned the ability to ride that fine line between comedy and real human moments and for David for me it was always like where do you find the point because I think in any relationship we can pinpoint a moment or two where things change where you go from liking a person to loving a person mm -hmm. and how do you articulate that and dramatize that and um, I had always loved the Tina Turner song the best and uh, I was always that person when it came on that, like at a busy bar would be like stop <laughs> Listen to the lyrics. They're so beautiful. Don't you understand what's happening and right now? I thought, what a great pairing if we have him, if the setup is that he tells David he's going to perform at this open mic night and David's sort of first impulse is like, this is so humiliating and this is going to be a make or break point for their relationship and it becomes this sort of 
pleasant surprise and uh, and romantic sort of revelation. And uh, so I said to Noah, this is the song. It was scripted as, as you know, Patrick sings a, a, a surprisingly beautiful cover of Tina Turner's The Best. And um, we approached Noah and said, do you want us to figure out someone to come in and, and interpret the song or do you want to take it on yourself? And he said, let me try it. And uh, a couple weeks went by and then in the middle of the night I got this text message and it was him singing it at home uh, and was like, tell me what you think. And I put it on and was like, ah, ah, ah. at the time, like as a single person receiving that, like that's not good for anybody. But like for me to have just like watched an episode of Downton Abbey and like said goodnight to my dog and tucked myself into bed and then received that, it was like, this is both very sweet and so dark. Um, and I knew as soon as I heard it, because it didn't change at all, that what he had done with that song was extraordinary. And that the scene, we had a scene. Because if we didn't have that song, and he didn't do it the way that he had, I think that scene would not have had the kind of uh, weight that it did and the ability to change my character in the way that it did. Uh, and then, of course, it came time to shooting it. And we just got to sit back and listen to him sing. And Catherine was so moved by it that she couldn't get through the episode. She couldn't get through the scene without crying. And for us, it didn't really serve us well to have Moira cry. <laughs> so we sort of had to like cut around it. Uh, well, what's funny is uh, I whatever, maybe watched it. Second, There's a second where you see, see, see her wipe. You don't. You, and I was like, you never see her cry, but uh, she's totally wiping a tear. Yeah, that is so funny. And at one point, she sort of turns back to reach for a, a tissue, which was not part of the <laughs> scene. But it's a funny little. I mean, we we. You throw it in because I think sometimes it's nice to show the candidness of mm -hmm. of the, of television. But um, it was a lovely moment. It was a moment that for me meant a lot because it was a parent supporting their kid. What she does because we find out Jocelyn and, and Roland are having a baby. A boy, baby, yeah. And she's like, yeah. And they are trying to make her a big part of that. And yeah. she's like, I don't care. I yeah. want to focus on someone else other than me. You two, I told you I don't know. But we do. We called the doctor. You did, lovely. Well, don't you want to know what it is? I'll give you three guesses. Moira, we're having a boy. <gasps> a boy? I believe I told you that. How wonderful. My boy right now is being serenaded by his butter-voiced bow. In your heart, I see the start of every night and every day. I think even the physical, at one point she sort of reaches over and touches my arm as if to say like, what's happening here? There's something really special happening. And I think um, for us to be able to project uh, a loving and supportive family in a moment when it counts mm -hmm. was really important. And to show that kind of physical support uh, of a parent supporting their queer child uh, in a really lovely and magical time in their life was, was a message that I wanted to like get out there. Um, and fortunately the scene was really easy to cut together. It's not hard to act like you're moved when that song is being sung to you. Um, and 
people really responded to it. It was a lovely, it was a lovely moment in the show. So they, we end up meeting Patrick's ex-fiance in a, the whole barbecue situation. Mm -hmm. They, she shows up, and that leads to a fight, which then leads to another musical moment with the same song. We got together when we were in high school, and we we've been on and off ever since. Uh, I don't know. We always just sort of fell back into it. Anyway, she's been uh, reaching out and expecting us to get back together for the past few months. Mm. Whoa. Over the past few months? And you didn't think to tell me about this? You stood in front of me and told me to trust people. I know. When I was perfectly fine not trusting people. Not trusting people is what I'm used to. It is my comfort zone. But next thing I know, there's an oversized cookie on my doorstep, and you are telling me that I have nothing to worry about. Yeah, uh -oh. <laughs> so I knew there had to be these grand gestures, I think, because A, I didn't want the relationship to be super easy. I didn't want it to just constantly fall into place. And I think for David to panic when things got tough and to bring in the character of Rachel, who was his ex-fiance, and the complications of what that meant, and that being, you know, coming at a point where David was on the precipice of loving someone and using it as an excuse to say, okay, this is exactly what I thought was going to happen. Everything bad happens to me. Let's move back. And uh, my very good friend Stacy Farber uh, played Rachel, and it's been fun to be able to, to employ my friends and have them sort of like bedazzle the show a little bit. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. Um, I think that was also a moment when we got to have Patrick really understand what the relationship means to him and really contextualize his sexuality a bit. Because no matter how hard I tried with her, it just never felt right. And up until recently, I didn't understand why. David, I've spent most of my life not knowing what right was supposed to feel like, and then I met you and everything changed. You make me feel right, David. That is quite possibly one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard anyone say, um, outside of the Downton Christmas special. It's the truth. I think there was that, you know, I, I wrote that speech where he's saying, you make me feel right, and I've always sort of thought about why things didn't work with her, and I couldn't quite put my finger on what it was. Um, for then David to have to earn that back after throwing a bit of a hissy fit and, uh, and embarrassing himself. Getting a lot of gifts. Uh, it was scripted that David sort of lip syncs the song that Patrick had sung to him. And again, scripting it being like, isn't this hysterical? And then you get, get it to the day and it's like, I don't, what I'm not I a dancer. Me? I'm not really a performer. I'm not a musician. I don't know what I'm gonna do. And we started to think, I, the night before I was just learning the lyrics to the song because I realized I had to know it. Um, and we shot that scene right after lunch, and I requested a bottle of Prosecco uh, <laughs> to have over lunch. Noah and I split the bottle, and we shot it. Are talking like a full bottle? Oh, like yeah, a yeah, split, a full, a full bottle. bottle. It was okay. like multiple glasses. Okay. And we shot it right after lunch, and what you see is basically the majority of our first take. Uh, and I think as an actor, it was the most sort of unsafe I've ever felt in the sense that like I'm gonna do something that's so outside of my own personal comfort zone that level of sort of unabashed uh, just f lack of consideration for how people how this is gonna look or how it's gonna appear on film but you only get those moments so rarely so I was like ah screw it let's tr let's try this and uh, 
and we finished the scene and, uh, and our director came out and he was crying and I didn't quite understand because I had always pictured that moment to be quite funny. And the rest of our team behind the cameras were crying and I remember thinking like, I don't understand, I don't know what's going on. Do you think on. you had done it wrong? I thought I had done it wrong. And I think at times there are moments that come out of when you're making TV that are unexpected and I didn't, as I was performing it, and even when I wrote it, I don't think I knew what the context of the moment was and how uh, emotional it would be, I guess, for people who were invested in the storyline. And uh, and even once it aired, people were like, I was sobbing through your performance. <laughs> and me, looking at that performance, being like, I thought I was doing something funny. Um, I'm glad that it carried a, a deeper significance than it than it did, and I think that's just the context of the of the show. But um, yeah, it was a it was a very memorable time, and it was also scorching hot in the store, and I was wearing this wearing leather like a, yeah. Yeah, Givenchy <laughs> sweatshirt that was lined in silk. This is like a list just, of problems you got yourself into. It was. Like, I was I've never been hotter, and I think part of what made that scene so unhinged was just the fact that I was like a little tipsy. I'm gonna do whatever it takes to just get this done in as little takes as possible. Um, but it was it was very fun. We had, we had a good time. <laughs> well, it came across. Uh, so that kind of gets us And then through. Noah's song charted. Yes, yes, I know. Which was crazy. I mean, I have it on my on my. He, he earned it. You didn't yeah. have it already? I mean, no, no I mean, okay. I do. I have yeah. it. Um, <laughs> so that gets us through the Patrick David storylines. Yes. One other big arc is um, Alexis's growth this season as she um, pitches the idea of Singles Week. Moira yeah. kind of steals it for a second. Yeah. We see Moira and uh, and Johnny get mistaken for swingers or, or yeah. <laughs> for a second. But this all leads to the finale, which is titled Singles Week. Moira, if I may, listen, I can't speak to who Alexis was before you came here. And from what I've heard, I don't really want to dig any deeper into that. But what I can say is this. I have watched your daughter over the last couple of years grow into one of the most amazing people I've ever known. She is a hard worker. She is kind. And she is capable of so much more than people give her credit for. Jocelyn, that is one of the most generous compliments one could receive as a mother. Um, I think it's, it's sort of a culmination of all of our characters. And I think, you know, there's so much that happens with Johnny and Moira that, you know, we don't have, I mean, we didn't have time to sort of discuss, but them being constantly sort of pushed further and further and further and Moira getting involved in this fundraising initiative and not trusting her daughter because historically speaking Alexis was a bit of a loose cannon and and that storyline really getting to play Moira and Alexis together was really mm. fun because they didn't their forced they, lunch date their forced lunch oh. date uh, what's your favorite season awards uh, which was a Catherine line I wish I could take credit for it um, but it really was leading to this moment where Alexis says to her mother, like, I've got it. Or she's been put in a situation where she has to handle it and she panics and then sort of proves to herself mm -hmm. and to her mom that she has what it takes to be taken seriously. And uh, in the process of that self-realization gets rewarded as, a, as, a, a, as the cherry on top with Ted coming back, realizing that, you know, she's she's going to be a different person than she was before and that she's sure of herself and her own experiences enough to 
to get into a relationship and have it mean something that actually makes her a better person and not just using men as a scapegoat. Um, and that comes from a speech that David gives to Ted where he finally says, like, something has to be done here. He's watched his sister sort of go through the heartbreak of realizing that she wasn't the best person and she didn't treat him very well and that she took things for granted. And uh, and having this this talk where David approaches Patrick and or uh, Ted and says, you know, she's different. And I think mm-hmm. you should sort of... Just the right Think amount of that. brotherly intervention. Like, in yeah, a way and that, then like, I eat a dog treat really... at the end, and it all sort yeah. of unravels and falls <laughs> apart. And then David telling Patrick for the first time that he loves him, and the sort of the torment of it. And uh, I think in in that moment, we we I wrote about Mariah Carey, which at the time I think my. I remember my dad being like, I don't get the, so you're my Mariah Carey. And I'm like, it means something to me, and that's all that matters. Um, I do love how Patrick responds. Like, you're like, I've only ever said that about three things. And, and he and, knows exactly, and he knows yeah. exactly who they like, are. I love you. <clears throat> I know I'll never be able to compete with Mariah. <clears throat> This just kind of feels like one of those perfect moments that you dream about. Except in my dream, I'm holding a nice cup of tea. I'm kidding, I don't need the tea. No, I'm making this perfect moment perfect. And that was sort of a big turning point for David and uh, and then a big turning point for me personally when the show aired and Mariah Carey tweeted about it. Uh, you know, if nothing else came of my life, that would be a nice way to go. Um, but I think season four was the season that really roped people into the show. I think we had been slowly but surely building people who were interested and and I think getting to a point where we could earn the kinds of emotional stakes uh, really, I think, made people feel... A, a kind of closeness to the show that was beyond just the comedy that there was that we were sort of in the process of mm-hmm. of uh, of exploring sort of new and uncharted territories for for not just sort of queer relationships which which just happened it wasn't like we were trying to teach a lesson here it was just a fun thing to do but also um, that you can be a comedy and not be scared of of uh, of drama as well or emotion or emotion yeah. or love. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid of love. Don't be afraid Don't of love, be afraid everybody. Of love, Dan. Well, that that season four of Shit's Creek. That's like, yeah. I mean, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's go. a nutshell version. That's, a, that's season four in a pistachio shell. There we go. Mm-hmm. This uh, is in a nutshell. Um. <laughs> thank you so much uh, for listening to EW's binge, and thank you, Dan, hey, for joining you. us for this marathon. And you can watch more video on EW.com. Uh, make sure to rate, subscribe. All those things. All comment. Comment. Tell us what Let you us think. know. We didn't Let talk us... about your favorite moment. We'll talk to you about it on Twitter. Exactly. I know you can hit me I'm up. Open. Yeah. I'm, you know, I got some time. Sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, not you're not doing anything. anything. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but you can find me at Patrick Gomez LA on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, I'm at Shana Naomi. Is that a Twitter and Instagram? It is. Yeah. Wow. Why did I separate the two? I don't know. Stupid. Um, Dan J Levy. Dan J Levy on Twitter. Insta Dan J Levy. Creative choice on Instagram. <laughs> Um, definitely make sure to come back and listen to our next episode where we're going to talk about Schitt's Creek season five. Thanks so much. Bye.